Welcome to the Goals and Gratitude podcast. I'm Peter Sewell, author, speaker and adventurer, bringing you interviews and stories from inspiring goal setters. I also share helpful information on the science of gratitude and positive psychology. You can find today's show notes, photos, free downloads and lots of other fun things at petersewell.com. And Sewell is S-E-W-E-L-L. Hello listeners, I'm Peter Sewell and this is the very first episode of my new podcast. I'm so excited to launch this new project and I already have some great content prepared so I can promise you will love every episode. In today's show, I'll be sharing my own personal story and I've called this episode my personal gratitude journey. The aim of this podcast is to help you experience more gratitude in your life and set and achieve goals that really matter. I'm currently writing a book around the topic and I thought a podcast would be an excellent way to share some of the content along the way. I'll start my story back 15 years ago, so that's 2006, and at that time I was still living in Australia and had my own coaching and training business. The business had been going a few years and I had some really enjoyable projects. I was coaching business people and also delivering motivational training for long-term unemployed. It was a pretty good year, not perfect but I was doing really well. At the end of that year, I was introduced to a goal-setting process that changed my life, not necessarily because it helped me achieve all my goals. I definitely can't say that. In fact, I checked my top 10 goals for 2007 while I was preparing this show, and there were only three of those 10 goals that I managed to achieve within the 12-month time frame I had planned. One of those goals was a trip to Nepal, another was moving house, and the last one was camping with my family every school holidays. So there were definitely wonderful goals, but I wasn't able to achieve everything. I had planned to finish writing a book, go skydiving, and also visit New Zealand. Those goals have now all been achieved, but not in the time frame I had expected. In fact, just for the record, I only went skydiving last year. So that's 14 years later. But as a bonus, I was able to do a skydive with my son Daniel. And 14 years ago, all my children were far too young to have joined me. So 2006 was really the first time that I had thoroughly reviewed the previous year. And to do that, I created three lists. The first was a list of all my personal highlights, and there were almost 50 things on that list. A second list included any disappointments I had experienced in the previous year. There were 20 things on that list. 
And last, my third list included anything I had learned in the previous year. After reflecting on the good, the bad and the ugly, I listed over 30 lessons for 2006. So I really invested some time to consider what did or didn't work well. Since 2006, each year I've been doing exactly the same review process, but in recent years I've been updating each of the three lists once a week. The result has been that my lists are now much bigger, and I'm recording things that I might not have remembered in those first few years. I definitely encourage you to do something similar, and in a future episode, I will take you through a gratitude hunting exercise that makes the process really simple and heaps of fun. Okay, this is where my story takes a radical turn. Fasten your seat belts <laughs> and fast forward to 2010. Uh, my father was diagnosed with lung cancer. He had an operation with one third of his lung being removed really horrifying. We had been through something similar with my mother, and I'm actually planning a whole show around the topic of sickness and gratitude. I'll share more about my mother's story in that episode, but just as a small teaser, my mother was one of the few people that had a full recovery from mesothelioma, which is a rare form of cancer related to asbestos. So that's definitely one episode that will be really interesting, especially if you know anyone with a chronic illness. So my dad survived his cancer treatment, and then things got a lot worse. My youngest son started having epileptic fits. It was one of the most frightening experiences I've ever had. If you have children of your own, I'm sure you can understand what I'm talking about. The whole drama of calling an ambulance and watching your small child suffering from a seizure can be really traumatic. That challenge was followed by a business contract that ended really badly. It started off looking like the best training offer that I'd ever had. It was based in a city called Coffs Harbour, which is a beautiful town near the beach. Beautiful national parks in the area, just amazing. Unfortunately, after working for three months, the owners of the company only paid me a tenth of what they had promised, and I lost a lot of money. We had used all our savings to survive those first three months, and we were now homeless. It was one of the most frustrating experiences I've ever had. We were in hotel rooms, caravans and tents, and finally sleeping on other people's couches. It was really, really crazy. We managed to get through that crisis, which involved moving back to our previous town. That was over 600 kilometres away, so a major relocation. And then, weeks later, my mother died. My mother suffered from lupus, which is an autoimmune disease, and unfortunately she had a bad fall, went into a coma, and never recovered. As I mentioned, I will share more about my mother on a future episode, 
I think there's some really valuable insights that anyone could learn from her life. But as you can imagine, the death of my mother was quite devastating. But at the time, I really didn't have the capacity to process the grief because my marriage was collapsing. And there's no doubt that being homeless for such a lengthy time was really stressful and put a lot of extra pressure on the marriage. I won't go into all the details, but the marriage had already been on shaky ground the previous year, and I'll just describe it as a toxic relationship. I was on the receiving end of lots of criticism, and I'm not a confrontational person, so I internalised everything. That's not by any means a healthy way to address relationship issues, and as a result, I fell headfirst into a pit of depression. I ended up sick in bed for a whole month just from stress, and the marriage ended in a separation, a very, very humiliating separation, which again, I choose not to elaborate on, but my point is that it was a very soul-crushing experience. I felt completely rejected and misunderstood, not only by my former spouse, but a lot of other people as well. At that point, my confidence level was rock bottom, the lowest you could imagine. If you have experienced relationship breakup, you can probably identify with the shock, the grief and the sadness. And perhaps you also may have experienced a sense of relief. Living in a toxic environment is definitely not fun. So there was a sense of relief, but I didn't accept the outcome until months later. I don't need to share all the details, but just to say I was still living in a limbo, wondering if this chapter of life really had come to an end. And I do see this so often with others. Some people do go through a period of denial like I did. You have to acknowledge that life does move on, and not everything works out the way you planned. I was definitely one of those people that was holding out for a miracle and that never came. So that's the sad part of the story, and this is where things get a little bit more interesting. At the end of the year, I was determined to finish well, so I selected 10 people who had also experienced a challenging year, and I sent them an encouraging message with a small gift just to brighten their day. That act of kindness helped me to shift my mind from self-pity back to helping others. It was a great way to finish the year. So when it came to doing my yearly review, even though I had experienced my worst year ever, I was surprised that I had also enjoyed many wonderful moments. I recorded these on my gratitude list and just a few things on that particular list included, number one, 
seeing mutton bird chicks for the first time. The mutton bird is a migratory bird that builds its nest in an underground burrow. I've always enjoyed exposing my children to nature, so this was really memorable. And number two, as a part of my work in Coffs Harbour, I did have the opportunity to travel and explore areas of Australia I had not previously visited. Number three, I had the opportunity to go gliding with a friend. This was fantastic because my friend was able to instruct me and I learned some basic flying techniques. Number four, after navigating the earlier work crisis, I was able to get a more flexible work contract with another organisation and it was in a role that was not very demanding. Number five, I wrote a number of songs and poems during the year. I think it was one way I could express any emotions that had been bottling up inside. Uh, number six, I attended several inspiring seminars around the country, all different topics, but it was great to meet new people. Number seven, I attended my children's basketball games. One of them is now pursuing a career in basketball, but it's been so great to watch all my children progress in their skills. Number eight, I also joined the gym for the first time in my life, which was a fantastic experience, great for stress management. Number nine, I managed to pay off one of my credit cards. I still had a lot of debt, but I could celebrate paying off that one particular card. Number 10, I also took singing lessons to improve my voice, and I would definitely say it was great for my self-confidence. Number 11, I had some very special visits with my grandfather, who was 94 at the time. He has since passed away, but that was really special to spend time with him. Number 12, last one, I strengthened relationships with my closest friends. Some of them had also been through separation and divorce, so they were extremely encouraging for me. That was a few things I celebrated, and the big lesson for me was that even though there were some very disappointing moments, and 2010 had been my worst year ever, it had also been one of my best years. So looking at the list of disappointments alongside the list of highlights, I realised that depending on which list I read, it could be either my best or worst year. And this whole process just showed me the power of gratitude, that no matter what you're experiencing at any time, there's still lots of things you can celebrate and be grateful for. My life now looks very different to what it was 10 years ago. And in the last 10 years, I've visited 53 different countries, published my first novel called Hunting Susan, which is a fast-paced thriller that's based around my travel experiences. I've photographed tigers in the jungles of Nepal, leopards and other wildlife in Africa, 
I had the opportunity to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with some wonderful Australian friends, and I remarried to a wonderful woman I met on my travels through Europe. I've also helped hundreds of people in training events around the world, and all of these things are included on my gratitude lists. I've learned that the greatest value in life comes from connecting with people rather than connecting with things. A gratitude list keeps you optimistic because no matter how bad things are in the current moment, you can reflect on your recent history and remember the wonderful things that have happened. Life is full of up and downs. You won't always wake up feeling on top of the world. However, you can pull yourself out of a slump by reflecting on the good things you have previously experienced. And this gives you hope that no matter how bad things get, better days are coming. And that's the show for this week. I hope I've inspired you in some way. Maybe you've experienced similar challenges in your life or you're currently going through a difficult season. Hey, I'd love to connect with you. So please message me. The email address is very easy. It's celebrateyourgoals at gmail.com. A big thank you for joining me on this first episode. It really means a lot. But before we go, there are two things I'd love you to do. The first is to hit the subscribe button so you'll find me easy next week. And second, I would love to receive some reviews. That would definitely make it onto my gratitude list this week and only take a minute of your time. In fact, if you leave me a review and message me at celebrateyourgoals at gmail.com, I'll send you a worksheet that will help you create your first detailed gratitude list. Thanks again for listening, and I really look forward to joining you again next time. <music>